we are back with another episode of the Do As I Say, Not As I Did podcast. This is episode number three. The name of this podcast kind of explains the whole thing. This podcast is about us giving you advice based on everything we did wrong the first time. So we've made the mistakes, uh, we've learned from those mistakes, and we've started to do things right, and we're going to share that with you today. Each week, I bring on founders, investors, product experts, technology futurists, really just anyone who is really smart and can help us work out how to build a great business. And together, we're going to answer the questions you send through about what's going on in your lives and in your businesses. So if you do have any questions that you'd like us to run through, if you're trying to put out fires, and if you're starting a business, you definitely have fires you're trying to put out, send us an email and we'll workshop it live on the pod. Um, send those emails through to podcast at joeldietrapani.com. Now, I know that is a mouthful of a last name, so I'm going to put that email address in the show notes. Uh, I'm your host, Joel Dietrapani, and I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Vigo, which is an edtech scale-up. We've grown it through Australia, through the UK, through the UK uh, and now we're focused on the US. I've just moved over here to, to set sites on the promised land. On top of that, I'm also an advisor and coach in the product space, helping startups and businesses work out how to actually run great product teams and subsequently grill, build great products people actually want to use. And today, I'm super excited to be joined by Corey McCain, who's built an incredible platform in the fitness space called WeStrive, which helps gyms and PTs build their own businesses. I'll let Corey explain that a little more uh, a bit later on. But what is crazy to me that Corey's also a solo founder. So every problem he's had to face, he's had to face it alone. And in his pursuit to learn everything for his own business, he actually started one of my favorite podcasts called the Why We Strive podcast, where he interviews seed and series A uh, founders about what actually takes to succeed on those levels. So I'm not just bringing you Corey's expertise right now. I'm bringing you all of the, the founders' expertise that he's been interviewing over the last couple of years. And then on top of all of that stuff, Corey still has time to be one of the most prolific event hosts I've ever seen. And my, my favorite, uh, my personal favorite event that he hosted was a 600 person beer pong tournament that he assures me was for work purposes only. It was so, for founders and investors, I want to clarify. It wasn't just random frat dudes. It was people that run companies and investors. I gotta be super clear on that, sorry. <laughs> See, work purposes. Um, so Corey is an expert at building every angle of a business from zero to one. And he's an expert at hosting really insane events. So let's jump into it. Welcome, Corey. Thank you for coming on, man. How are you going? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Actually, I do two other things too. I just, well, only at top of mind because I just finished doing it. I run a sports trivia website called factal.app/sports. We have like 4,000 daily users. I don't know why it's so popular, but we have a new daily sports game every day. And then I run a podcast studio as well. So it's a good time, man. But yeah, I'm doing great. Um, just got back from a trip. My girlfriend planned three trips in July, so I'm exhausted. And um, yeah, man, just living life. You don't have any time to yourself. There, there is as one hundred percent of your time is taken up with commitments. Hundred percent. That's a good, that's actually a really good word to summarize both my girlfriend and my jobs. So that's, <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah. Well, man, I, I guess before we jump in today, tell us a little bit more about WeStrive. That's kind of your your main platform. Uh, where, where the majority of your time is going. What is that platform? What, what's the kind of benefit? How's it going? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, WeStrive is a uh, t it's one thing today, and it'll be a different thing. Uh, tomorrow or in the future. Um, basically, we're an all-in-one platform for personal trainers and gym owners. So uh, we just finished updating the website. It's so gorgeous now, I'm very pumped, but it really breaks down perfectly all of our features and our business types. So, I mean, we do everything from program building to client management, to scheduling, to nutrition plans, like pretty much anything you as a personal trainer or a gym owner need to 
either manage your clients and or manage your coaches, we handle. And then as we expand, the goal is to become the first all-in-one for all health and wellness pros. So whether you're a yoga studio, a Pilates instructor, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, a personal trainer, so on and so forth, we're going to host you all in one platform and then kind of open that up to the public so that consumers can also book and work with those professionals as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at and then what we're building. Man, I love it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm correct in, in assuming you, you've built your solo founder, but you have a big kind of completely remote team. Is that right? Yeah, so I'm a solo founder, but like at the end of the day, if I didn't have my dev team that in uh, western Western Ukraine um, for the past couple of years, like I, I wouldn't be here. I've missed so many dev payments. I've been late on so many payments. They've built very inexpensively for me. Um, uh, of course, in in response to getting equity, but um, yeah, they're called Startup Soft. I mean, if just a quick shout out to them. If you're a, they don't really work with. When I started, I was very early. They don't work with early stage companies anymore. They have like Apple as clients now and then a couple other seed stage startups. But if you're a seed, series A, series B, et cetera, startup and up, they'll handle everything from project management to design to development. Um, so I have a team of eight or nine, but that's startup soft and they're absolutely amazing. I highly recommend them. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're basically my co-founders. Like I mentioned, they do everything from I've got designers over there, quality assurance, project manager, front end, back end development, mobile, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, super happy to have them. Man, I love that. And uh, everything Corey's mentioned, we're going to put links to in the show notes as well. So all of those different ventures he's got going on and, uh, and stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're going to put them in the show notes. So I guess with that, let's jump into a, into our first kind of audience email today. I, I, I chose this one specifically because I, I knew Corey managed a remote team. So I think this is going to be, uh, it'll be great to get Corey's insights on this one. So the title of this email is Remote Work is Destroying My Team. I've hit a wall and I need to rant. I have a team of about 15 people and during COVID, we all went completely remote in 2020. At first, it seemed like we got it, but fast forward to today and it's turned into a slow burning dumpster fire. If you're sending through questions, we love analogies. Just throw them in thick. We, we, love, we want them explained like this. Um, some of my team members have decided that working from home means barely working at all and they get to slack off. The urgency has gone out the window and it's driving me up the wall. <laughs> I love that. Um, I was cool with going remote permanently. Hell, I even thought it'd be a good move. But now, my team's lack of productivity is making me second guess that decision. I don't know how to justify working remote when it's just taking such a big hit on our output. Advice, ideas, opinions, send it all my way. Love from Sandra Bullock. Obviously, that was not from Sandra Bullock, but we're throwing in names to, to protect privacy here. So, Corey, I don't know. What do you think here? That's You've kind of had the, the inverse yeah. experience, but how do you find productivity in these remote, uh, fully remote teams? Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a sales team remote. I just have my dev team remote. So I can't touch on the problems of having a sales team remote because you have obviously multiple different KPIs. Like sales team, they got to be reaching out to people, closing deals, constantly just like on their feet trying to, uh, you know, get people in the door. Uh, whereas a dev team kind of more has like project-based goals to hit. So I won't speak on the sales team. As far as like a um, my team, I mean, I'm also very lucky to have a project manager that does a great job. But then, of course, I'm staying on top of her. So... I would say like if you have a team of 15, you definitely want to have a project manager below you if you're the CEO. So if you're that person as a CEO trying to manage 15 people, that's pretty chaotic. Um, I would put someone in between you that can then go and manage the roles below yourself. 
Um, but at the end of the day, if people aren't getting their job done, I mean, you kind of just have to let them go at that point. Like I, I, I don't really fire people very often. I'm not like a big, you know, cut them if they're not doing a hundred percent or whatever. But I mean, it's pretty simple to give someone a goal and say, Hey, we need you to finish this project in this time period. And if they're not doing that, um, then you need to move forward. I think a big problem in the tech industry, especially with remote work, and it kind of grosses me out how much my friends make doing this, is I have friends that make like $200,000, $300,000, and they work two or three hours a day. Um, it's probably because the tasks they're being given are very simple, and they're not like, you know, it's you're basically wasting company time. Um, so being sure that you're assigning tasks that are appropriate for the timeline, and then once that timeline is over, following up and confirming that your your um, employee is actually finishing those tasks in that time uh, is probably the best way to do it. So it sounds like that person that has 15 employees isn't operating on like a, um, I think we use Scrum, I can't remember the name of it, but on like a bi-weekly or you know, tri-weekly, whatever that term is, uh, basis. It sounds like they're kind of just like letting their employees run amok and do their own thing. And so, um, I don't know, I would say remote work is really easy to organize if you put projects and timelines in play that like actually makes sense with how much time you have yeah i think there's there's uh, i got a look i think there's a lot of good tips in there i i just think the net problem here is sandra bullock the ceo here like you're just doing a you're doing a bad job of managing your team yeah. I, I don't think everyone is made for remote work and and you you might be facing that now but at the end of the day remote works for small teams of, of 15, 20 people. Like I can't speak to that when, when you're getting up to, you know, hundreds of people, but my team's fully remote and the output is insane. Like I, I don't know another business that can match the output of our team and we're all fully remote. Uh, yeah. We're different countries, di different time zones, um, different cultures. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. At the end of the day, yeah. like the, the culture of your team is what will drive the success there. So. I really don't see that remote work is destroying this team. I think poor culture and poor leadership is destroying the team. And that might be hard to hear. And I appreciate that. But we, we have to learn just going remote isn't as simple as just not having an office lease anymore and giving people good laptops. Going remote is, is work. It's consistent and deliberate work to create the right culture to allow for that. And Corey, you mentioned that like Scrum and Agile for development teams, that's really key. That, that's a big part of it. But more than anything, just having clear goals and expectations on people is really important. If people don't know what's expected of them, of course the output's gonna drop. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna accept subpar work, you're gonna get subpar work. Mm -hmm. So 100%. understand what the output needs to be and start holding people accountable. And if they don't deliver, fire them, just get rid of them. That's, yeah. it's brutal, but... At the end of the day, the one person not delivering is is putting the rest of the team in jeopardy. And and the more you start to accept the B players and C players, the A players that you do have are going to just start to sink to that level as well. Or they're just going to leave because they don't want to be surrounded by shit. So yeah, man, it's, it's a waste of money. The, the outcomes are going to continue to be poor. But on top of that, you do need to invest in, in, in the positive side of the culture too. Obviously, you need to have strong expectations. You need to have really strong standards. But you need you need to to build a a cohesive team a a team culture of of teamwork and creativity and positivity, and that happens again through deliberate over communication. 
in the office, you have those kind of like small interactions that, that just happen by chance. That doesn't happen yeah. in remote. So you need to make it happen. Yeah. And, and Corey, I'd love to know how you do that as well. Like obviously you need, you know, morale needs to be high. Vision, people need to understand the vision, the mission. That like when shit's bad, how, how do they know that? And, and, and how, do, how do you rally them and motivate them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I probably haven't done the best job of that. Um, I'm we we do I do a weekly call with my project manager, and then we do a monthly call with the whole team. Um, and I more rally the team on a like Slack basis, <laughs> which which sounds kind of dumb, but I'll just say I'm extremely supportive, interactive, and um, responsive to pretty much everything on Slack. Like I. Any fire that needs to be put out, I'm constantly there asking them what they need. When my designer has a project, because I kind of handle project or um, uh, product management, when my designer has a project, I'm constantly like holding his hand right there, like making sure that he has every step of the way ready to go. When we have a new development or a new um, test flight app coming out, uh, I'm constantly messaging our uh, mobile developer, making sure if he needs anything, like what does he want me to test, that kind of stuff. So I would say that like we don't have a you know, like a, a yearly team retreat or anything like that. Um, but I'm very, very on top of what our goals are, what I'm excited about. And then I'm also very appreciative of my team, like on our team calls, shouting people out, thanking them for what they've done. Um, you know, of course, allowing all the time off that they need, you know, for vacations and that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, I would say I don't have like a typical, you know, like we do a Bahamas trip as a team every year. And then, you know, we have some sort of like, uh, every Wednesday we have subway delivered. Uh, this is a stupid example, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I'm very supportive, very like approachable. And, uh, my whole team knows they can just shoot me a message or hop on a call with me and I'll like be right there to help them out. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you do actually raise a pretty good point is that culture for remote teams doesn't have to be expensive. You don't need a Bahamas trip. Like yeah. it, it can it can be, you know, weekly calls, monthly all hands, it, or it can just be like Slack updates regularly and, and, and encouraging and giving people the space to connect with one another as well. So yeah, I, I think that there's so much we could go into here about how to build a remote, how to build a productive remote culture. But at the end of the day, for me, it boils down to clear goals, clear mm-hmm. expectations, and then putting the effort in to, to build the culture where, where people can engage with one another all the time. Mm-hmm. So- Corey, let's uh, let's close this one out with with one final judgment. So, so what advice are you giving to Sandra? Where, where are we landing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just that that just sounds like a big uh, team or a big management L. Um, I personally don't take on more manage or more employees when I know I don't have enough work for them. Like the thought of me, like for example, right now, I really want to hire another web developer, but like if we hired another mobile developer we'd be pretty much out of tasks within a couple of weeks. Like we, we have enough tasks for one mobile. So I'm only going to hire one. I mean, we're only going to have one mobile. So I feel like she's in a situation or he's in a situation where they've either hired too many people or they're just not good at figuring out what these people need to do and then prioritizing that. So they either need to get better at that real, real soon or let go of a few people. I don't know. Yeah. Get some strong goals, get some strong leadership, invest in your culture and just set clear expectations for everyone and then yeah. jettison the people that don't fit with the culture that you're trying to build because that you'll need to absolutely all right that's some good advice there let's uh let's let's move on to to email two here so 
Email to today is called, I spend 10 hours a day on YouTube. I quit my job to start my own business, thinking I'd be super productive and actually make something of it. But since I quit, I'm spending more time browsing YouTube than actually working on my dream project. Realistically, I'm working one hour a day tops. It's insane. Please tell me I'm not the only one with this issue. I used to dream of the day I'd quit my nine to five grind and focus solely on my own idea. Now it's a nightmare of distraction and procrastination. Anyone else stuck in the same rut? How the hell do I break this cycle? Advice, tips, anything would be a godsend right now. Sincerely yours, Morgan Freeman. Mm. All right. What are you thinking on this one? That's a weird place uh, to be. Yeah, cold turkey. You got to do it. Like, so for, for me, so I don't specifically YouTube. I have actually gotten every year. I've gotten more and more into it. I didn't used to really watch that much YouTube. I watch YouTube every day for like 25 minutes while I'm like eating breakfast or lunch. So I like combine 25 minutes. Um, but you got to just go cold turkey if YouTube is taking up that much time. My YouTube is video games. Um, so I started my company eight years ago. We were a B2C fitness startup and then we failed, pivoted, et cetera. Now we're doing this. But um, I love video games. I can play video games 14 hours a day, every day. I, I would love to be like a pro. I, I absolutely love anyone, Skyrim, NBA, uh, like any Call of Duty, anything. I love it. Eight years ago, cold turkey. Haven't bought a new system. I sold my Xbox, sold all my games. And I was just like, I want to work on Wii's Drive. That's what I'm going to do. And I literally have not. I played like maybe two hours of video games in eight years. And I absolutely love it because I can't put it down. So if YouTube is your video game, you got to just like cut it out. Like just period. Maybe like put a blocker on there for like the hour. I know there's certain apps where you can put a blocker from like nine to seven or something like that where so you don't sit down. But um, it's just like TikTok or like, you know, Instagram shorts or reels, whatever they're called. Um, you can just get addicted for hours and then all of a sudden you didn't do anything. I guess the last point of that too is to um, set like goals for yourself for the next day. So being like, I want to send these five emails. I want to accomplish these two projects and I want to get started on uh, on this, you know, new workflow. And then if you don't do those things, then you got to look back at your day and be like, well, that was a fucking waste of the day. How do I like, how do I fix this tomorrow kind of a thing? Yeah, I agree with all that. I, I, I specifically agree with like, this isn't about YouTube. This is about, you know, about anything, Instagram, TikTok, like anything that's just sucking time and it's not moving a business forward. Yeah. And I guess like the first thing is, Congrats on quitting your job. That is a freaking huge milestone. Like the fact that you did that means that you really believe in this idea and, and there's something in there and there's and you have the passion at least to give it a go. Mm. But don't don't piss away that opportunity. Like you you've got you've got a limited amount of time. Like you obviously have some savings or or, or you've moved back at home or or you're in, you've got some kind of flexibility where you can you can not earn for a while. And mm. like so you've taken a big risk on this. Don't don't let dumb shit waste your time like that like give this give this you know everything you've got at least for a few months and 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 then just see see where it goes and see if it works i I guess for me this this really breaks into kind of two categories the the first one is is this what you want to do and the second one is is how to break the habit so maybe there's an underlying issue here and you're spending 10 hours a day because you don't like running a business 
And that's actually fine. Like running yeah. a business is, is actually the best and the worst all at the same time. And it is not for everyone and I wouldn't recommend it to the majority of people. And maybe you got psyched by it and maybe you got into it and it's just not for you. And that's totally fine. Like you, you could easily go back and get another great job and, and you've got all this experience with whatever you've learned in this process. So just consider that. Consider this is really what you want to do. Does this line up properly with your goals? But if this is really your dream, snap out of it. Stop bullshitting yourself. Uh, there, there's some things you can do though. But, but you know, look in the mirror and, and face, you know, the face the issue that it, that it's you doing this it's not youtube wasting your time like you're you're the one causing the issue here yeah and and i guess like a couple of just tactics to to, to give it a go is go to a co-working space for one and just be around other people because if you're around other people you're just going to start to to feel a lot more accountable like if you're seeing everyone working on their business and then you're just there on youtube you're just going to think like yeah, what yeah, exactly. am i doing yeah <laughs> um get get a mentor absolutely get a mentor get a mentor or get a coach like get, get someone you pay that holds you accountable and then every week you're catching up with them and if you've done nothing like that's pretty embarrassing when you're going back to your next meeting um or just you know get a co-founder as well get get someone else in, involved in the business that that's going to kind of hold you accountable just until you can break that habit and and then i agree with what Corey said just delete the app get rid of youtube just get rid of anything that's gonna gonna sink time into and and just understand why you're doing this and, and and put the work in it to you know invest in the future you and i guess uh i think we're pretty aligned there there Corey. what what do you reckon anything else to add or we go to final judgment nope just cut it out that's all you gotta do you're gonna miss it i, I miss video games every day I, there's like all these new games coming out i'm like oh god i would love to play that but i'm just like no nah, i know i know my company would tank if i did that so yeah, yeah. i cut it out yeah your company won't survive one hour a day <laughs> Yeah, all no, right final judgment is quit youtube get rid of the apps reassess if you actually want to do this and if you do go hard have, have a real hard crack and uh and, and build some accountability in with other people co-working mentors coaches anything you need to so that you're being held accountable to someone else yeah. all right Boom. that brings us to email three so uh I like this one. It's called, I don't invoice. So I work in digital marketing and it's pretty standard to bill clients every month. But I've got this one client and I haven't sent them a bill for like five months. I've been living off my savings, but those are starting to look a bit thin. My thing is, I always want to deliver the best service and try to keep the relationship good with my clients. But invoicing is a real reality check. How well am I doing? The work I've actually managed to push through. I kept making excuses, kept telling myself, I'll wrap up one more gig, then I'll hit them with the invoice. Finish the other project, put myself in their good books, then send the invoice. But that idea just kept playing on repeat. Months ticked by and now I'm backed into a corner. It's time to bite the bullet and send that invoice because now I need the money. But God, the cringe when I send them through half a year of invoices. Anyone else in this boat? Hearts, Chris Hemsworth. That's yeah uh that's a hard spot yeah i mean i don't even know what to say i mean it's, it's pretty dumb uh i mean if you're doing the work like send the invoice i don't even have like advice for that really it's like i mean yeah you're providing a service send an invoice i mean at this point though if i had five months i would just send them over and be like 
I'd probably come up with some bullshit excuse like, oh my God, I can't believe these emails haven't been going through like <laughs> the, the last five months. Like I was wondering why you guys haven't paid. I'm so sorry about that. Then maybe be like, at that point, maybe you have to offer a discount. Like I'm going to do 20% off in the last five months because that was my fault or something like that. But at the end of the day, you know, especially if you have a service agreement, like they probably signed that and they're working with you and you've done five months of work. So they need to pay you for as close to five months of work as you can get to, I guess. Yeah, you got to send them. You've just absolutely got to send them. Like you, you can't keep skating by and, and it's just going to be an awkward moment. For me, I guess I see kind of two problems in this email. The first one is obviously there's a, this tactical invoicing problem and how to deal with that situation specifically. Mm. But I think more than anything, there, there seems to be like a real confidence issue here or, or I guess imposter syndrome or something because I, I guess, you know, underneath this all is that you need to value your work and it sounds like you you might not be valuing the work you're doing for this client but at the end of the day this client hired you for a reason they they didn't find you're not the first person they found like they, they went through a process and you were the best they liked your work and every single month they're continuing to give you work if they didn't like your work they wouldn't be coming back to you but they are every single month for five months um mm-hmm. it, it's consistently you know stacking up the, the value you're adding to this organization so i guess if the first thing is if you're really questioning the value and, and if you're actually providing value to the to this company, just talk to them. You obviously have a point of contact. You're getting work every single month and, and talk to them and, and ask them like, hey, you know, how, how do you feel about this? Do you want more or less or different or but but, but have that conversation because I think if you if you start to better understand actually what's happening, you're going to be in your head less. And if you're in your head less, you're just going to send the invoices because invoicing is, you know, just make it automatic. Just just get like one of those accounting softwares and just send it every single month. Exactly. It, it's yeah. it's not a reality check at all. It's you've done the work. And if they were unhappy with it, they would have told you. Exactly. If, yeah. So I, I guess for me, it's just have have that conversation regularly as well. Check in monthly, check, check in weekly if you need about the work, see if that, there's changes they want made. Yeah, but, yeah yeah i guess on the actual invoicing thing the way i'd play it is that i would just have a conversation with whoever you need to invoice i i would call them email them book some time in the calendar and i'd just say hey i fucked this up for these reasons mm-hmm. um i i didn't feel confident like and just be honest with them people appreciate vulnerability and, and honesty and tell them you made a mistake and that you didn't want to send it because you weren't sure if they found the value in it and then here's all the invoices. But but I think what you got at Corey is really a good point too, which is be flexible with the payment terms because you have put them in a harder position now. Like mm-hmm. before, maybe it was 10K a month and, and that in their cash flow planning was fine. But now you've given them a 50K hole, which, which might be nothing for this business or it could be huge. So yeah, yeah I, I think you need, to, you need to be flexible and, and, and offer them payment terms and payment plans because they just might not be in a position to pay that but yeah. if they do owe it to you you should they they will pay you and uh i think you've just got to have the conversation though and, and tell them where it's all come from 100 percent. yeah no more no more feedback pretty much let them know you messed up and go get the money yeah all right final judgment communicate better i guess it is the main thing there you know speak more regularly with them and then uh and then tell them what happened and, and get some confidence in your work. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Know your work. Maybe get a mentor in that space as well. You know, that's pretty much what I say for every single question. But but get a mentor of someone who's done this before and and can actually validate for you. You know, whether your work is good or bad. And if it's bad, great. Like fix it. Get better and and get someone to help you improve in that space. Absolutely, man. All right. We've actually got time for one more. Normally we do three, but we've got a bit of time to, to do a fourth question today. So we'll jump into the fourth email. This one's called running half a business. I'm a founder, CEO, and I'm obsessed with the product side of stuff. I mean, it's like true love. It gets me up in the morning and keeps me up at night, but in a good way. I actually started my business because I wanted to run and own everything to do with the product. And it's kind of going okay. We have customers and we're actually making money and people actually like using it. But the business half of things, I hate that. Legals, accounting, operations, it's like a different language to me. And not the cool, I'm learning Spanish on Duolingo's kind of language. It's more like I just don't care about it in the slightest. I thought running a business would mean I get to build products that people love, but it's really stressing me out. This other side of the business that I've been avoiding is starting to catch up with me. I've been playing favorites with product and shit is getting missed now. Payments are lagging, legal isn't organized, and culture isn't even a thing right now. I don't even know how to get back on top of everything. Best Margot Robbie. This guy sounds like me. <laughs> I li- well, uh, replace the word business. I, I'm, I have my accounting degree, so like our our finances and all that stuff are handled. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing like projections and all that shit. And like once I get past all the BS, like Texas bill for you know the WCAC or whatever it's called to have a business here and all that kind of crap, like. Once I get past, once I get past that, um, I enjoy the rest of it. My problem is replace business with sales. I um, I love product so much. I do product every single day. Like any, it gets, it really does get me up in the morning. I love just sitting on Figma and working on new updates. But then I'm like the worst at like doing a sales email and then following up with it. Or like, uh, like I'm currently right now have like 30 emails I need to send for sales, and I've done everything else but that. So. I don't have advice for this person. I am in the same boat. Um, it sucks. <laughs> like, even if I dedicate time on my calendar to, I literally, I have like sales hour on my calendar. I'll just fucking blow right past it and go back to what I was doing. So I have no advice, man. I'm in your, I'm in your same boat. It sucks. <laughs> like I, um, but if you're avoiding product and everything business, like you maybe should just hire a CEO or like, you know, step down at that point. My problem is like, I handle product and business. I just don't do the sales side, which means that, and I'm currently working on this and we're working on hiring like a sales lead um, or like a, honestly, like a CMO at this point. So um, yeah, man, I'm in the same boat. It's tough. <laughs> I I love that idea that, you know, that you got that block in your calendar and it says sales and it comes up and, and you just think, you, you know, instead of that, actually, I, I will just keep doing product. Yeah, I'm like, I'm who, stay I'm, who put this on my calendar? Why would I do that right now? Like, it's ridiculous. Like I have so much stuff to do. <laughs> Yeah, every day I do it, every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, you don't love every part of a business, but mm-hmm. but that's part of growing a business. And it sounds like, it, it sounds like you're good at product and that's awesome. And, and, you know, you've built a user and you're making money. Like, that's very cool. Not a lot of people get to that stage. And people like your product. Again, just like congrats on that. That is a big milestone. Product is not easy. But that's not running a business that's not growing a company that's that is just one pillar it's an important one but but it's not everything you might be the founder ceo but but i think what Corey said is right is that maybe you shouldn't be the ceo maybe you can be you know a a 
uh, a CEO that's focused on product, but you need someone else. Like either you need someone else to be the CEO, or or you need or you need some someone to be like a really strong COO or, or head of operations or something like that. Because at the end of the day, this other stuff can't get dropped. And even in your situation, Corey, like you've seen sales and marketing that they're, they're going to limit the potential of your business and the potential of we strive and the impact you want to create in the world so so you're trying to get someone to do that and it, and if there are any aspect of your business that you know you just can't do but you're nailing it somewhere else work out a way to either just force yourself to do it but if you can't get someone else and and, and if you have the resources just absolutely get someone else to do it like you know double down where you're amazing do do the amazing work build the product that people want people are apparently buying it with with no marketing going on which is pretty cool but yeah. uh i think you need to you need to get someone to help you and, and i don't think you're the ceo because all of this needs to run to you as the ceo you need to make sure that stuff's getting done and and if it's not as the ceo you have to do it you have to just jump into the legal you have to make sure it's done you have to make sure sales is happening and and if you don't have the resource to do it with someone else as a ceo you have to do it as well like there's just there's just no way around it 100% agree, man. Yeah, it's, I'm in the same boat, so it sucks, but sometimes you just got to do it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so I guess final judgment on this one is consider if you want to be the CEO because the CEO position is make sure that, that that stuff has to get done. And, and, mm-hmm. and that means finding someone else that can do it for you or rolling up the sleeves and doing it yourself. But, you know, t- talk to the rest of your team see what resources you have and, and, and make sure that stuff gets prioritized. And that might mean that, that you need to unprioritize product to some extent for a while. Like it, it seems like you're killing it, but, but just spend the time, do, maybe do like a full sprint on this where you don't touch product for an entire sprint or an entire two weeks or something like that. To be honest, you're kind of in a cool position though. Like I, this isn't all doom and gloom in my mind. Like you've achieved something pretty sick and uh, you're actually in a position where people are paying you. Like that's awesome. If, if they're paying you just naturally, you've probably hit a real problem. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, like that's kind of where we're at is like we're doing pretty much, well, we're, we're in like a bunch of blogs. We've got partners. Like I've done a lot of, you know, whatever you want to find that as marketing or partnerships or whatever. But um, we're doing basically no, you know, uh, ad spend or like true like outbound sales and we're growing every month. And so I'm like, cool. So now if we put money behind that, we're going to just grow faster. So yeah, you're not in a bad spot if you have customers and you're not doing any anything business or, or marketing wise, like you're in a good spot. So just figure that out. What I would say is probably put some urgency on working out the legals and accounting side of things because that stuff can, oh, sure. can kill your business pretty quickly <laughs> if you don't get it right. For sure. Um, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, look, that, that's all the questions. Uh, there's only one final section of the podcast and that's plugs. So this is the best part of the show. Um, what do you got going on, man? What, what do you want to plug? Any Any big events coming up uh you've got your you've 1400 businesses what's going on what do you want to share yeah um what do you mean 1400 businesses sorry what do you mean? <laughs> just ha- all the different ideas that you're working on at the moment you know oh the, the gotcha no, sorry there's a specific but, number i was like oh no no a, sorry you know I like just a, a bit of hyperbole event, sorry yeah, yeah sorry that just threw me off so much um yeah i uh I mean, I'm hosting a massive weightlifting. These are all awesome related, but like I'm hosting a massive weightlifting competition in November. Um, yeah, so a bunch of fun events coming up. Um, if you're in Austin, we have a dope podcast studio that you can rent out called Just Push Record Studios. Um, if you like sports trivia, check out factual.app slash sports. It's just a free trivia game that I run. And then um, at the end of the day, if you know any personal trainer, physical therapist, gym owner, health coach, nutritionist, et cetera, 
um, send them to WeStrive. Hit me up at help at WeStrive.com. Happy to help or Corey at WeStrive.com. And then uh, we're just WeStrive app on all social media platforms. So there you go. Awesome, man. I'll put all those links in the show notes. I'll also put all the links to, to Corey's socials as well for his Twitter and uh, and LinkedIn, etc. So if you want to connect. X. X, sorry. <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I can do a whole podcast on how stupid that was. <laughs> I think oh. that we should do one coming up, actually. Um, yeah. Awesome. On my side for plugs, uh, don't forget to subscribe and and rate this five stars on your favorite podcast platform. As I say every week, do it on your phone and then everyone you know, grab their phone and do the same thing. Uh, we love the support. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. We love your problems. We love your questions. And if you have any other questions, you the listener have questions or fires and you want us to answer them, send them through to podcast at joeldietrapani.com. Also, I'm going to include a, a booking link uh, in the show notes. So if you want to catch up with me, have a conversation, run through any questions you have, um, book some time with me. I, I'm, I'm keen to jump on calls and meet more people. So let's wrap this one up. Corey, thank you for arguing with me, laughing with me today. Uh, thank you for debating. Uh, I think the audience is going to love this one. This has been another episode of the Do As I Say, Not As I Did podcast. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>